we see the gurus and the meditation teachers and the influencers and they're so like there's such a thing like we see the performative branded aspect of it and we don't necessarily see the human side of it welcome to the think out loud podcast my name is george yui And this podcast is dedicated to those who are passionate about their personal development and are looking to create lives of passion, purpose, and peace. This podcast is called Think Out Loud because I've learned as a coach that when we think out loud, that is where insight is born. We see things more clearly. We feel things more deeply. And we move forward in life from our most authentic self. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Think Out Loud podcast. Today, I'm joined by Megan Joy, who is a joy activist. You're someone who runs wellness events and conscious community events all throughout Los Angeles. Uh, You and I are pandemic friends. We met in isolation, and we're actually hosting uh, divine digital dating (laughs) containers in Clubhouse (laughs) together and mindset containers in Clubhouse together. And I just, you know, I've always valued our friendship because you've always just brought so much joy into any room you come into, mm. um, whether it's the events, whether it's been the conversations that we were having during the pandemic. Um, and and now you're interim CEO for a new mindfulness tech app that's supporting women, <laughs> yeah. which is really beautiful. So you're up to some really cool things. And um, I'm excited to talk about what we're here to share, which is what it's like to fall in love with someone who's already in a relationship. It's not like we plan for these things to happen, but they fall into our lap. And you and I reconnected recently over mm-hmm. the holidays about how this coincidentally happened to both of us last year. <laughs> and we had been fresh and processing it. And, you know, I was really motivated to do this episode because I think that we so, I know for me personally, I had a very skewed perception about infidelity mm-hmm. and that there was always this sense that, um, it involves this vindictive, I want to get back at you for hurting me, or this is my way of expressing my independence and my pleasure and going out and seeking lust and sex and with no disregard for how that affects, you know, the the third person. And, you know, we both learned that this was very, our experience was very different than that. Mm -hmm. It was unplanned. It was, uh, it was not pursued, but it, it just fell into our field. And there were some great learning opportunities that, I'm just looking forward to sharing with the audience and and just the only goal is just to build awareness that life is not so binary and love has no rules. Yeah. And, you know, I think there are some learning lessons that that we will share, not as necessarily relationship experts, but as just human beings on our journey. So um, with that said, I'm just curious to hear what what's what's coming up for you right now, even in this moment, as you reflect back on what that experience was like and what you want to share right now. Yeah. It's just so silly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Looking back on everything, every relationship ever. Mm -hmm. um, So much silliness (laughs) that could have been avoided. Mm -hmm. But, hey, it couldn't have been avoided because we were doing the best we could at the time. Mm -hmm. So these types of experiences are always the most epic either obstacle courses or playgrounds for learning, however you perceive (laughs) it to be your choice. Um, And that experience for me specifically was both 
It started out as a total playground. Total playground. I had no idea that this person was in a relationship. It was like too good to be true. And then absolute obstacle course. Mm. Um, But it was an obstacle course because I, I for the first time very strongly felt and heard my intuition. I had always had an inkling of it my whole life. You know, everyone says it's that quiet voice. Your ego is the loud voice and your intuition is that soft, gentle voice that we that's so easy to ignore and, and just not hear if we haven't given ourselves the space to go in and get to know that voice. So I had this, I was loud. Like I could hear it. I could feel it. Um, and it said, ask this person if he's in a relationship, even though Every single sign, every single action pointed to there is absolutely no way on earth that someone acting and speaking like this would be in a relationship. And it's like a weird thing to ask someone. So, of course, my people pleaser and the like not wanting to shake the boat and not wanting to make things weird and uncomfortable was like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Everything's so magical right now. Mm. Why would I do that? Um, and the irony is at the exact same time, I was being so radically honest in other ways that were uncomfortable and were new. So it was so odd that I was still allowing and choosing for this growth of like being radically authentic and like honest with like I am dating right now multiple people and I'm telling this new person this and I'm like oh my gosh Megan good job you've like leveled up in your life you're not afraid to share your truth but then I could I physically could not do the one thing that I knew in my soul that I needed to do was like awkwardly ask this person if he was in a relationship because it felt like a ridiculous thing to need to ask Mm. um so when the time came and he finally told me that he was in a relationship, I was 0% surprised. I had been waiting for that other shoe to drop, whether I manifested it or not. Um, and it was, it was such a beautiful learning experience in the sense of like, I really heard my intuition super loud and super clear and very strongly. And that was beautiful. I was so grateful that I had that experience. I chose to completely ignore it Mm, mm -hmm. (laughs) and utterly screw myself over. Um, But I also don't really regret that. I mean, I went 100% full in. I just happened to not listen to myself 100% full in. And I think that's the biggest difference and the biggest key. I can't listen to myself 90% and like, do 90%, even if what I was doing before was 70%. And I'm like, so proud I'm showing up 90% now. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, if we want the relationships that we desire, it's 100%. It's whatever that 100% looks like in that moment. But like you and your soul showing up 100%, Mm -hmm. perfectly imperfect, just as you are, Mm -hmm. which is probably the biggest and most lifelong forever practice that we have as a human. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting that you were talking about the point where you were comfortable now. Well, you were pushing an edge in your own vulnerability about sharing all of your truths. 
But then there's another side of truth, which is, can I also be a holder of your truth? Mm. And can I face that? Right. And, and, and there, there was, there was a, there was the fear there where there was a little bit of a block there, which is just kind of like an interesting journey in, in, in dating as well. Right. Whether someone's in a relationship or not, it's like, yes, there's, there's this, there's this opportunity for us to share our vulnerabilities, to expose the parts of ourselves that we're afraid of being rejected by or mm-hmm. we're, uh, we're for. Yeah. And, and, and that in itself was a huge growth opportunity for you um, to push that edge. And now there was this like new edge where you got to realize where you were shutting down. And it was in the, in the receiving of that truth, which your intuition was telling you was, 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 was probably there and it happened to be there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a moment where your intuition's like this person, I, I'm falling for this person. My intuition's telling me they're in a relationship. Then you learn about that. Then it's validated. Mm-hmm. And then there's a choice to stay engaged for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Tell us about like what happened after that for you. Oh, it was so fascinating. Um, I am not quick to anger. I would say I'm not even anger. <laughs> anger is so tough for me. Unless it's social justice where like rage just burns within me. Mm. Um, which it has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And everything to do with me. It's hard for me to get angry. And as like a coach and a guide, like you want to hold space for people, even ones that have just totally lied to you, basically manipulated you, whether it was purposeful or not. Because um, it was some time before you found this out. Yeah. I mean, not it was long enough. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was definitely long enough. Whereas anyone <clears throat> who had known about ethical non-monogamy or like had a a larger awareness and consciousness around how relationships work. Just a more, um, I want to say less juvenile because it's what it is. Not that this person was a child, but like a more advanced approach to relationships would have said that at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Regardless, hey, this is my situation. Mm-hmm. Now you get to choose if you want to be involved or not. Mm-hmm. But that's not a that is not a normal thing of how most humans like enter into relationships. They they hide, they want to be perfect, they want to show their best selves, they don't want to ruin things, which is exactly how we ruin things. So it's it's quite interesting. But when I found out, I well, like I said I knew, so I was not <laughs> my inner knowing knew. So it wasn't a surprise and I held space. So I held space to listen. And then again, very proud of myself. I shared my conditions and my boundaries very clearly. Um, Not interested in this if there's another person. And, you know, this is what I'm looking for in a relationship. And here are the ways that it can be non-traditional. And here are the ways where it can. And these, you know, we went into this beautiful conversation around the philosophy and the deconstruction and the reconstruction of relationships and society and culture and everything. Um, And I felt really proud for speaking my boundaries and holding my ground. And then it was this very interesting potential waiting game of what is this person going to do now? Mm. How are they going to show up? How are they going to handle this? They've handled this pretty poorly thus far, but there is this hope. (laughs) Yeah. There's this hope that drives the whole thing. I mean, hope is why I didn't ask the question in the first place. (laughs) 
it's this fantasy realm that that grabs us because we want to waste time in it instead of just jumping into reality and actually making something real or risking that something could be real. So there was probably a week of hope. Mm. Um, and How do you even articulate what you were hoping for? <sighs> Well, I was hoping for like a movie ending, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping for the he realizes all of the, you know, wounds and blah, blah, blahs that brought him into this situation. And like this big light bulb goes off and he like goes back and like apologizes and breaks up with his girlfriend who he should never have been with because, you know, trauma bonding and like all of these things. And and then he just like jumps back on a plane and we get married the next day. Like not, <laughs> not obviously that, but it's like this grandiose version that literally is impossible to exist. Mm-hmm. The movies ruin us in that way. Like, here's a human who I can relate to. I've cheated on people before. Mm-hmm. I've put myself in a corner like that. I've thought, I've been a coward and thought that I've had no way out and had no no idea that it was safe to speak my truth. I've gotten in a lot of trouble because of it. Mm-hmm. So it's so liberating to speak your truth now, but it takes practice it takes practice to do it the first couple of times and realize that you don't like burst in flames mm-hmm. and just die mm-hmm. while you're speaking your truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so to expect another human to just like consciously grow like one to 10 years and just like having realized <laughs> this information for the first time, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's totally not possible. Best case scenario goes back to the girlfriend and comes clean and they realize that it's not working clearly and part ways and he enters on a magical healing. They both enter on magical healing journeys for themselves where they grow. I'm not involved in any of that. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be involved in any of that. Mm -hmm. And if for some reason paths cross again and it is destined to be great, Mm -hmm. but that's a more realistic version of like best case scenario. Mm -hmm. And even that's fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate you sharing everything you just did. Mm. It's actually vulnerable in itself to just be publicly willing to like disclose some of the things that you did disclose. And, um, you know, in my personal journey, it was disclosed up front. Like the thing Mm. that you were wanting him to do up front (laughs) actually was, was what happened in my situation Mm. where when we met, it was, there was no pursuit. There was just like genuine conversation. Mm. And it was very quickly like disclosed that like there was a relationship that was a bit on Rocky soil if Mm -hmm. you can say that Mm -hmm. and i just held space for that and then in the space holding and in the further connecting and then the diving into each other's worlds there was this like spark that happened and this charge that grew and at first there was like okay like we kind of avoided it and and you know but then magnetism just did its Mm -hmm. thing and then it just got to be this point like are we gonna talk about this Mm -hmm. it was like you're feeling it right and it's like yeah but it's like all this confusion because it's like on one hand there's this person, and then on the other hand there's this new person. There's there was me, and there's this swirling of like I'm processing like whoa whoops, uh, I'm a man of I think of myself as a man of integrity, and I was like constantly checking in with like what feels aligned for mm-hmm. me in my integrity right now, 
And it's like, well, the feeling now had already grown to a level where it was it was impossible to not explore it. And I was like, how do we explore this? And same with integrity, like whatever boundaries we need to set, whether it's like, you know, and we ended up going on a trip together to like really figure out what it was mm. um, in a foreign country. And it was just like, I approached it being like, hey, like I wanted to be respectful and I wanted to be compassionate to the other person, but also witness that this was something that was like taking form. And at the same time, it was like, it was agreed upon that we didn't want to set any boundaries. We want to just be free. And that felt really edgy for me because it was like, okay, like I've voiced my truth. This is hers. And I was like, I'm keen. Like, let's explore. Let's see what happens. And the love grew deeper. And I had hoped that the continuation like you would 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 bring clarity and it only brought more confusion. Mm. And that was what was really like hard for me is that you you know I it very quickly there was a moment where it very quickly became clear I was out of integrity and I wanted to create space from someone uh, from her uh, or I should say put our connection on pause and give her space to figure out that because I was like look I don't want to build parallel to infidelity i want to build from integrity mm. i don't want to build a love story parallel to a betrayal story and uh, you know i want to do this in a way that like shows compassion to everybody um i was really trying to like there's like there was there's really this practice for me of like okay can i stand behind my truth and it was a hard conversation to have and it was like it took a lot of courage because i was like i you know i asked for that space that lasted for two days. <laughs> and oh, I, 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 I will fully take ownership that like I caved into the connection. And yeah. again, there was this like fantasy that was forming for me. Mm -hmm. Like maybe, sh maybe she'll see, maybe, maybe, maybe her intuition will guide her that like I'm the thing that she's been looking for. And maybe, maybe I'm the, maybe I'm, 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 you know, the answer to her prayers. And maybe, you know, she, you know, she was in a transitional phase in her professional life. And maybe this is an opportunity for her to move to LA and move to Venice. And like, we can, I can introduce her to my community. It's like, again, this is a pattern for me is falling in love with fantasy. Yeah. And, and I got caught in that trap. And unfortunately it only brought more confusion and brought tension and it created tension for me holistically in my life. It actually created tension for me professionally. It created tension for me personally. And, um, it, it was just this kind of witnessing though for me of like wow there was there was that point where i could have stood behind truth mm. and didn't mm -hmm. and 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 the reality of it is is that like i've been thinking about this a lot on the other side of the healing journey because i went into depression after we decided to separate and it was this like oh i deserve this mm. like i deserve this mm. for going after someone or pursuing someone that was in a relationship and i felt all this like swelling of shame mm. and guilt and and we actually got a chance to like consciously unravel this and i've never had it i've never been able to do that before mm. there's always been resentment there's always been nitpicking there's always been this kind of like you know anger right but there was you know my coach and i was my coach asked me straight up she was like do you love her enough to be willing to let her go and i was like no. <laughs> <laughs> Initially, I was like, oh, God. I mean, but that's like, the, mm. that was the true challenge. That was yeah. the true test is like, you know, 
something that really attracted me to her was this quote from Khalil Gibran's The Prophet. And he says, may there be space in your togetherness. Mm. And that like the, the whole premise is like the ideal relationship is one that enhances another, each other's independence and freedom, not takes away from it. Yeah. And so now there was this, okay, do you love her enough to be willing to let her go? Yeah. And that was what I was like, that was my work, right? And so being able to come into it from that place allowed us to grieve together. And without that, I don't know that I would have healed that guilt and shame because she was like, you did nothing wrong. Like you, you were trying to be honest. You were trying to be within integrity. This was like a very weird situation that none of us asked for. And, you know, like it was just like, it was really helpful. Um, and it was really helpful in my healing journey to kind of be able to process it from that lens and, and, and kind of remove a layer that was now allowing me to ask myself, okay, well, would I do this again? And the reality of it is, I don't know. Like, I would love to like stand on this thing and say, I'm going to be a hundred percent like this way, or that I know for sure I would never do this again. But the reality is that when love comes in and the more I've shared this story actually with people, the more they've been like, oh, that shit's happened to me all the time. Or even, even my coach was like, I met my partner when he was in a relationship and it took a year for him to leave. Mm. And 15 years later with two kids, we're happily married and in an extraordinary relationship. Mm. I talked to another friend over the holidays and they're like, yeah, I was with someone when I met my partner. And it's like, it's insane how much these things happen. So I can't like grandstand and be like, yeah, you should never ever pursue these things again. But I think what I would have done different is that when I had that initial conversation about like, we should take space, mm. I would have honored that. Mm. And I would have said, you need to go out and figure your shit out. Yeah. You need to get in integrity within yourself. Mm -hmm. And I would ne have needed to uphold that boundary better. Yeah. Because ultimately what I found is it led to the same outcome. But before I would have at least been able to maintain a little bit more of sense of self-dignity. Totally. And I think that's, that's all we can go by. Mm -hmm. Because there is a line in these scenarios and all scenarios in every human relationship of self-abandonment. Mm. And it's not necessary. And it's in being in integrity with yourself, let alone the people around you. And so once you set a boundary and ignore it, or once you set a, or don't set a boundary, so there's not setting boundaries at all, which was welcome to Megan's life for the first 30 years. What's a boundary? Oh my God, me too. <laughs> What's the word no? <laughs> um, and then it's setting a boundary or a goal or anything. I'm going to clean my house today and then not doing it. It's these little ways that we inflict damage on our self-confidence and our self-trust, not even trust with other people. It's our self-trust. So... I had to create like an entire practice of six months of learning how to build trust back within myself. And that practice was life-changing. But the basics of it is just you have to give yourself little wins. <laughs> you have to give yourself little wins, little tasks that you can follow through with. So when those big moments come of these really hard boundaries, we've had practice and we can do it and we can stick to it. But it's really hard. I would say it's one of the hardest one of the hardest things because we're not trying to abandon ourselves. 
we're not we're not trying to do things that are bad. We're, we're thinking we're doing things that feel good, mm-hmm. that are really good. Mm-hmm. But it is that immediate satisfaction. Mm-hmm. It is eating that one Oreo cookie right now instead of 18 Oreo cookies later. And it's the human experience. It's the human experience. And until we do that enough times and it hurts enough times and it ruins us enough times, we're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. So I think those moments are imperative to notice and to realize when and how we abandon ourselves Mm -hmm. and we break trust within ourselves, let alone other people. So though it sucks when it happens, and as you mentioned, I think a big thing I'd like to reiterate is it ripples in our entire lives. Mm -hmm. It's that concept of how we do anything is how we do everything. So it wasn't necessarily, like you said, getting to know someone who was in partnership. It was when you made the boundary and then went back on it. Mm. Because this whole, this whole human experience is fraught with contradictions, mm-hmm. fraught with contradictions. We can't say that there are right and wrongs. Mm-hmm. That's just, it just is. Mm-hmm. There's lessons and joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm, I, you know, whenever there's disruption, some of the things, some of the reflection questions that have helped me come back to a sense of equanimity have been, uh, how is this a teaching moment? Mm. You know, we, there's that saying that we constantly perpetuate, like life is always happening for you, not to you, yeah. which means we're not victims. And even in hardship and in disappointment, there's an, a learning opportunity and being really inquisitive with curiosity of like, how could this be a teaching moment? And what I've heard you say is that this was a profound teaching moment for you and for me as well mm-hmm. of like a journey back to self-trust. Mm-hmm. And when we're, I mean, I remember when, when, when the separation was fresh, I mean, I was compounded because I was going through professional loss. And then two weeks later, this romantic separation, yeah. I, I remember cooking dinner and then I just collapsed mm. like mid chicken frying in the pan, <laughs> like broke down to my knees, sobbing, crying. And I remember screaming, like, why are you doing this to me again? Hmm. Like, in, in, and so it's like, there's these moments, there is moment to just allow for space to feel the anger and this and disappointment. And for me, there was just this like, oh my God, this like crippling fear of like, I'm going to go into depression again. I can feel it. Hmm. Like, I'm going to be disappointed again. I'm going to feel it. I can feel it. Like, and there was this like blaming the universe like, what the fuck are you doing to me again? Hmm. You know, but like what we're talking about is like as that and it's allowing for that to just exist for a moment and give it space to breathe and be this the whole feel it, heal it, let it go. Yeah. And which is super important. But like, you know, as that energy started to settle and I started to refine a sense of hope again, I started to be able to get back into that. Like, how is this a teaching moment? Yeah. And it was what, exactly what you just said. It was like, this is, wow, this is another opportunity for me to cultivate more self-trust. Mm-hmm. It's not that harm will not be, co- be coming to me again in the future. It's not that more challenges won't come or that disappointment or, or, or whatever, but it's that I can trust myself to take care of myself and make choices in those situations. Yeah. There's no blame whatsoever. And, and even not even fault or blame on myself. That was one thing that I, I learned that wasn't serving me anymore is that how is this my fault? And 
that comes from the curiosity of growth. Mm -hmm. But the problem with fault is that now there's shame and guilt frequency attached to it. Mm. And I started to feel, yeah. I want to dig into this because I, two things. I'll start with the first thing and then we'll we'll get to this fault shame experience. Um, When you spoke into like, why is the universe doing this to me? The first thing that popped into my head was you're doing this to you. I did this to me. And that's actually powerful. And that puts the power back in our hands because we there is some way in which we created this. And there is also, it means, in some way that we can create something completely different. We have the power. We are the leaders of this. Does that necessarily mean that it's quote unquote our fault and we are to blame for what happened? I don't think so. I think they can both coexist at the same time. I take full responsibility for what happened. I do believe that I created it and I didn't. And it's not my fault. Mm -hmm. And I'm not to blame. Mm -hmm. Could I have created something different? Totally. We have that power. Mm -hmm. Did I also do this to myself? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Am I the person that cheated on my boyfriend or girlfriend? Not this time. <laughs> I, I learned that lesson decades ago. I don't need to go through it anymore. Um, but I just wanted to bring up that I really do think both coexist. Mm-hmm. Now, the coexistence of parallel truths mm-hmm. is a really important distinction to make because we can think in very all or nothing, binary, black or white. It's either this or it's that. I'm at a fault or at not. And what you've talked about is really the pathway to grace mm. is is navigating through this experience with grace and embracing for it for what it is learning from it and 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 being able to just like be okay with the humanness of the whole thing mm-hmm. right um yeah these teaching moments are so powerful and so potent and you know, I, I just think that relationships are such a mirror for our shit, mm-hmm. aren't they? Totally. There's such a mirror for where there's still work to be done, yeah. where triggers are unresolved conflict within ourself mm-hmm. of how am I, how am I creating and contributing to what's happening in this dynamic? Yeah. And like you said, you put the power back in yourself and there's a lot of things in life we can't control. There's a lot of things in life we can't change, but we are in charge of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we can shift over time. Yeah. We can learn from and grow from. Yeah. You know, and that's that was a big, that was a one of many takeaways for me from this. Absolutely. Yeah. All of all of the mirrors of our shadows and our light. I love, I love seeing and being mirrored all of the ways in which I've grown. Mm-hmm. And all the ways in which I love stronger and harder sammy agrees with us and also all of the ways that i still have a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. for growth not to be better or right or perfect but just to live a more easeful life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was there anything else that you learned from this experience oh gosh i'm sure <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like trying to think of it. What what else was there for me too? Radical honesty was magical. Um, Listening to your intuition and sharing your truth, even when it's difficult. Um, I like holding space for others. So even though I was hurt, it, it was comforting for me 
to also create space um, as a truth teller. And uh, I don't want to say healer because I'm I'm not necessarily healing anyone, but um, educating. And I don't mean that in a in like a, I'm better than you way, but just experientially, I had more education and knowledge, even psychology 101 on like why all of the things happened, mm-hmm. how they happened, and mm-hmm. and sharing that, providing more information around how you can have open relationships ethically and just like all of I I loved sharing that wisdom of like you know you messed up <laughs> we both messed up in different ways you really messed up and I've been there mm-hmm. and I hold space for that and like here's what I've learned mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. hopefully yeah Sammy <laughs> I know we don't like it we don't like being heartbroken we don't like it it sucks, but we learn we learn so much from it. And I we've talked about learning a lot. And I just really quickly want to say that it is imperative to be in your shit for a little bit. Not a lot bit, but like we were heartbroken. I was heartbroken. It was astonishing how heartbroken I was. Um, and I created space for that. Mm-hmm. I allowed myself to just like be ruined for a minute. And then I slowly gave myself space to start being a human again and to start finding those lessons and and not beating myself up and knowing, you know, all of these little knowings. So I think grace is also important in that way of you get to let yourself feel the shit. It's people get mad at me when I just jump into the silver linings. And that's the big lesson that I've had to learn when I'm supporting other people sometimes people just want to be in their shit Mm -hmm. and i'm like oh my gosh but you learned this this and this and they're like megan please f off yeah (laughs) and i was like okay yes please be in your shit with me yeah (laughs) so it's it's necessary it's so important i think i'm glad you brought that up because it just opened up a whole new like topic of discussion that's coming through for me right now about you know robin sharma says that in a world where people are encouraging you to move on quickly Mm -hmm. and to snap out of it to not cry to not embrace vulnerability because vulnerability is synonymous to weakness defensiveness and helplessness Mm. he argues it's like i invite you to stay in your darkness for as long as possible Mm. and you know he says that pain loss heartache grief hardship it's all purification and preparation process Mm. personal heroism Mm. And I did go into depression this through this separation, and it was my third time. Mm. Um, it was also the the least amount of time I spent in depression. Mm. It was about two months. Um, and there's that period, like you said, of just allowing all the emotion to be without having to like fix it right away, without having to use the tools, which I have, but just yeah. allowing the emotion to breathe and to swell and to be felt and to be experienced is what it means to be human. And I got a really important reminder during my healing journey that the healing never stops. <laughs> I'd kind of been having this joke with myself, honestly, last year, and it's almost vulnerable to share because it sounds a little arrogant, but I was just like, oh my God, I feel like I've like, I got it. Like I'd even, I even, I feel like I've like, I'm there, like, Things have been going so well over the last three years. My coaching business was thriving. My communities were thriving. 
you know, like the only like, thing missing. I've made it. Like I was just like, I've done it. Yay, I'm healed. And and sure enough, it's romance that really shows how much there's so so more work to do. But what was really interesting is that the things that I needed to heal through in this depression were actually the same things I needed to heal in my second depression mm-hmm. and even in my first depression. Mm. And young Pueblo says that the deeper the cut and the wound is, the more times you have to let it go. Yeah. Which means I had to go back and process all my not enoughness from high school. I had to process where I fall in love with fantasy versus seeing reality and where that comes from in my my hope for and 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 these these parts of myself that really just crave partnership and love mm-hmm. and are willing to like fudge the current circumstances and not see the truth of things in order to fall in love with fantasy yeah, and to hopefully, I mean, and this isn't like consciously happening, but in a way it's just like, I'm hoping that I can manipulate reality mm-hmm. to like be the way that I want it to be. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I'm a recovering fixer and like mm-hmm. I'm a caretaker archetype yeah. by yeah. nature. So it's just like this fine balance of like, oh, I want to hold space and support people, but I don't want to fix them. But I learned that even in just holding space for people can be this like form of like caretaking that yeah. creates this like very interesting dynamic and charge of yeah. trauma bonding. And and so it was just this like, I'm sharing all that just because I had to sit with that. Yeah. I had to just be with it and mm-hmm. not, and I don't really even claim to have all the answers moving forward yet. I'm, you know, as I can continue pursuing dating and and seeing also like what comes up and is, is, is really, 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 really interesting to just like be with what comes up in the space and not have to fix it right away, mm-hmm. but just building a relationship to the awareness of that yeah, and letting that healing journey just do its thing, which is take time. Yeah. Like leaning into community when it's appropriate. Although if I'm being honest, I was actually quite a hermit, mm-hmm. but there were a handful of friends yeah. that were really there to hold my hand and hold me while I was crying. And um, that's an important thing to always embrace. Yeah. Um, but then it's, but then just sometimes I just need my alone time and yeah. I was okay with that too. Absolutely. Like just not forcing anything is okay. Yeah. And, and then the insights come, the insights tend to just Absolutely. come when you least expect it. Because you're creating right? space for them. You're yeah. not busying yourself. You're, you're not sleeping with lots of women to like get distracted. Can't like you're not distracting yourself no. anymore. You're allowing whatever emotion is there to flow through you, whatever insight comes from that to flow through you, you are creating the space for that. And I want to do one reframe that my whole life is moving into is I I call, you know, this human experience is a forever practice, but I don't think we're healing forever. I don't think I don't like this idea that there's something inherently wrong and wounded with us. Mm. I think we're growing this Mm. entire experience. Mm. You know, we have these mother wounds and these father wounds and these relationship wounds. And that's just what being a human is. So I want to get rid of this idea that it's bad and that it needs to be healed and we're incomplete until that happens and we're not worthy until that happens and just reframe this whole healing mentality, this not enoughness mentality into growing. We're growing. We're, we were like this dumb little baby seed when we came out and actually not dumb. We were probably far more omnipotent when we were a baby than we are now. Thanks, society. <laughs> um 
But I just really, I think that that's a big, huge, important reframe that I've been stepping into recently is like, I'm not a healer. I'm a gardener. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I support my own growth and the growth of others. Wow. And I think that's it. I think that's it. We are the wound. It's okay. Mm -hmm. That's what this is. Mm -hmm. And this is when you were saying joy activist. This is the joy activism. Mm -hmm. This is that. It is it is accepting the sadness and the darkness and the depression and making it as important and as amazing as these joyful moments, this these extreme pieces of connection that we desire. Just like it's all connection if we allow it to be. Mm. It's the surrender to the human experience, right? And yeah. to the fullness of it and the full spectrum of our human emotion. Yeah. And everything that we go through, I love what you just shared. This is why I love talking to you so much, is because <laughs> that is such an important point to show ourselves and and others compassion through all of this. Yeah, right. There's so much judgment wrapped around this topic. There's so and and a lot of it comes from internal, mm. you know, from from ourselves. And I, I know for sure I'm someone that gets into this thing of like, who do I need to be in order to be worthy of love? the next time mm. I, I look at my healing as like oh i need to heal this before i can be ready for the next relationship and i've learned that the greatest opportunity for growth is in the relationship totally is where it brings up the stuff mm-hmm. it's not outside of it it's inside of it and esther perel talks a lot about this as well too she's like i don't buy this whole i'm gonna go do work on myself and then find my partner like the work is in the partnership yeah and and I, I, there's a softening that's happening there for me because I get caught up in my perfectionism. Mm. And I, my, my coach and I work on this all the time about like, you're beating yourself up. You're, you know, this is where that's coming in right now, that voice. And I'm so quick to wanting to be solutions oriented mm. around all the things that I, in me that I view as not enough. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. Like it still comes up, yeah. especially in these moments. And just being able to kind of like step back allow that to be and realize that we're just, we're always going to be growing and we are not broken. We Mm. are full, whole human beings, even with all of the things that we've been through in our life. Yeah, especially. And, and being in relationship with someone who can hold that, Mm. who can, who can have that embody that space and that presence to just have that full acceptance that's something that I'm stepping into is being willing to truly love someone for who they are, not for the potential of who they can be. Totally. You know, it's a journey for me. It's a journey within myself too. Yeah. And I think that this whole experience has highlighted that. And um, yeah, I'm just really grateful that you brought that up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can we can hold space for others when we can hold space for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think what you just talked about is is the biggest difference between younger relationships and more mature relationships Mm -hmm. because younger relationships we think we have to be perfect and we think we have to show a certain side of ourselves in order to get the person Mm -hmm. and then more mature relationships we realize it's impossible to get the person until we bear like our full soul Mm -hmm. we're not even going to find the person until we feel comfortable doing that yeah and like are we even doing that alone with ourselves that's the practice Mm -hmm. i'm in it right now Mm -hmm. 
I'm in it right now too. I, my, my, um, my coach is inviting me to be less profound. <laughs> she's like, cut the profundity, George. Just like be a fucking human being. Yes. Like, like she's like all like, all like audit messages that I'm like sending to this new person I'm dating with my coach. And mm-hmm. she'll be like, you're sounding so coachy right now. <laughs> Just like be a fucking, be chill. Be a human George. Be a human George. And I'm like, oh fuck, I'm doing it again. I'm just like, I want to be so precise with my words. I want to be so like on point, you know? And I want to really just like, creating an expanding experience and just like be a conscious and she's like cut the conscious human <laughs> cut stuff the conscious crap. cut the consciousness shit just be real like yes. and it's like it's well, it's work that's it, the thing it's being anti-spiritual mm. so like this whole you know what we see the gurus and the meditation teachers and the influencers and they're so like there's such a thing oh god but I know. we don't see, and not necessarily that they're bad or wrong it's just like we see the performative branded aspect of it and we don't necessarily see the human side of it. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, again, there's this perfectionism attached to it instead of this like authentic, like realness mm-hmm. of what it gets to be mm-hmm. and allowing yourself to be perfectly imperfect and just ridiculous and honest and messy and all of these yummy things and less profound (laughs) totally i love that i love it so much you know as we wrap this conversation i want to just take a like a pause and actually just send a lot of compassion and a lot of kindness to all the people that have come into our life Mm. and uh, very specifically the people that you know we've been referencing ambiguously in our conversation today and and the people that they're may or may not still be connected with Mm -hmm. you know something that i was really like doing through this process is sending those partners light that partner light like sending them kindness and sending them compassion and and actually thanking them and being like hey you held you held this person that i love for three years and while there was betrayal um as a result of our curiosity and exploring what we were exploring, uh, there's just this like, I just want to show, send them compassion. And, you know, I hope the best for all of them. I hope that everyone ends up finding the relationship that they really deserve. And everybody deserves to have love in life. Everybody, it, it's this just beautiful thing that is so unique. And, you know, as mission oriented as I've created a life to be and as much fulfillment that I've found. When I was really honest with myself at my reflections of last year, the best thing that happened to me was this experience, even though it caused the most pain. Like love for me personally, truly, there is nothing greater. Like, yeah. And I think everybody deserves that. And I think there is a learning journey to, to either manifest that or co-create that. And that's why I just, I, I, I want to kind of wrap this conversation yeah. with that energy mm. and and send all that love to everybody out there. and those of you who are listening who resonated with that i just appreciate your attention i appreciate your care to yourself that i hope you can offer just one percent more of during this Mm. during this yeah and sending all all of the love i want to wrap with a a quick metaphor for people around all of this your life is a song but not a produced song on an album your life is a live raw song when someone is singing in front of you and their their voice breaks because they're so emotionally into it or they do this magical riff like that's music 
that's the authenticity, the realness of it. It's not this auto-tuned, perfect experience on the radio. What we Who listens to the radio anymore? But my point is we can all identify with what good music is. It's authentic. It's real. It's not perfect. And that's what makes it so good. So good. So take that. Take that feeling, take that knowingness when you listen to music and apply it to your life and to your relationships. Authenticity is perfection. Mm. Just be real. Beautifully said. Thanks for being here, Megan. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of the Think Out Loud podcast. If you liked it, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review it and potentially share it with a friend. And if you're looking to get in touch with me, you can find me on Instagram at shapeshift underscore coach, or just search my name. And you can also find me on my website at www.shapeshiftcoach.com. Look forward to seeing you here again soon.